Hello and welcome to this bonus episode of Categorically Oscars. I'm Chris. And I'm Cal. And like we did last year, we are doing our Oscar predictions episode now. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we did the prediction of the nominees. And now, obviously, they're out and final voting has begun. So now it's time to pick the winners. Uh, very exciting. I am very nervous because once again, we have chosen forfeit categories um, to do if in the event that the other person uh, gets, you know, more predictions correct. And last year proved that I am very bad at this. So um, nervous, but also excited about uh, about predicting these winners. Yeah, anyone relying on this for their Oscar pool, maybe um, don't hang on our every word, because um, we didn't do too well <laughs> last year. Um, but I feel like this year might be a little bit easier to predict. Certainly the acting categories anyway. Yes, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we're just going to dive right in. And just like last year, we are going in the order that the Oscars were presented at last year's Academy Awards, although we are fixing their mistake, and we will be discussing Best Picture last, as it should be. Yeah, Steven Soderbergh. Hmm. Terrible decision. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Never involve him ever again, please. No. Though before we get started, we did want to talk a little bit about the Academy's decision in heavy conjunction with ABC, it sounds like, to trim eight categories from the live broadcast. Um, how do you feel about that? Well, they want the the, uh, the broadcast to be three hours long, which would mean that we get five categories an hour, which doesn't seem like many. So I think we can expect that we're going to get a lot of padding, a lot of montages, um, which the Academy loves to have for some reason. Um, I mean, I don't mind it a nice classic montage now and again, but it seems like it it really has become overkill um, recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope we get the songs if we're not getting all the, the um, categories, but I think fundamentally the Academy just doesn't understand who watches the Oscars and that it's not going to be able to change the demographics of the people that watch the Oscars because... The films that are going to be nominated are broadly going to be adult dramas, and that won't change. Yeah, exactly. It's um, it's it's kind of yeah. I agree with most people who say it's disrespectful to the categories that have gotten bumped, um, and yeah, it's just making way for more padding, like the Oscars cheer moment. Uh, I'm sure they'll show all of those. The seem to be hinting that they're going to feature songs that aren't even nominated, um, like some song from Encanto, which I still haven't seen. Um, so that seems ridiculous. But yeah, I really hope that at the 11th hour they decide not to do this, but it seems a little late for that. Um, so I just hope that they recognize the mistake and, and don't repeat it in future broadcasts. Yeah, I think um, a positive result would be a low rating um, to dissuade them from doing this again. And I honestly see no reason why the ratings would go up, um, at least not by much, based on the films nominated this year. I mean, it's not exactly mainstream. You've got a three-hour Japanese drama in there. Um, so it, it's, again, it, it doesn't seem to be a film, uh, a lineup that's going to um, encourage other people to watch. So let's see. I think it's a terrible decision. Hopefully next year we can get them all back, especially the shorts people, to be honest, because, yeah, it, you know, it's for them, it's such a big opportunity um, to be celebrated and for short films in general to be celebrated. Because um, I'm assuming all these other craft categories, if they continue it this way, will interchange each year whereas i imagine the shorts will be always be relegated to um after the fact so it's disappointing for those yeah definitely Mm. i mean i if i were a member of the academy and one of the 
quote-unquote respected categories i don't know i see no reason not to boycott the whole thing um and it's kind of disappointing that more nominees aren't doing that because if if all of the big names kind of swung together and said well we just won't attend that would probably be the only thing that would force abc to uh, reverse this idiotic decision yeah i think though in general the Oscars need to get away from ABC. Yes. And find another um, more tolerant um, network or um, distributor, Netflix or something to um, to partner with because the minute ABC is just driving the show into the ground. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what they do. But anyway, let's get some positivity yep. going. Yep. So the first... Uh, Oscars that were presented last year with the screenplay categories and they began with original screenplay, one of course last year by Promising Young Woman um, with I think we both got right so what do you have for this one? Well um, I'm predicting Belfast um, and that's despite the uh, BAFTA win for Paul Thomas Anderson um, who I think is yet to win an Oscar um, I'm just going for Belfast based on the fact that I think it will win something. And this to me seems like the most likely thing it will win. Mm-hmm. Um, but it could be Licorice Pizza. Um, I've decided to go for Broke and predict Licorice Pizza. Um, of the ones I've seen, this has been the best one as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I still have to see the worst person in the world and King Richard, but worst person in the world I've heard is great, so maybe I'll regret this uh, decision. But I've decided I'm going to predict Licorice Pizza because it's also what I want to win. I would... I mean, if I had a vote, I would vote for the worst person in the world. Um, Mm. But I caught up with Licorice Pizza recently and really liked that too. Um, I think those two films are comfortably above the other three in this category. Yeah. So what about Adapted then? What do you think is going to win that? Um, because again, the BAFTA sort of threw a, a spanner in the works there. Mm-hmm. Um, I refuse to predict Coda. <laughs> so um, I am predicting The Lost Daughter, um, though my vote would go to Drive My Car. Um, I just, I feel like Drive My Car, well, we'll get to it later, of course, um, and I think it's a very deserving win here, but I'm I'm going to predict uh, The Lost Daughter just because, again, I think that um, kind of the same thing as Belfast. I think it's going to win something, and um, I'm not predicting it in future categories, spoiler alert. So um, I think this is the one it'll win. I'm going to go for The Power of the Dog um, because... I think that it has to win another Oscar um, than than the others I'm predicting. Um, you know, it's it does seem like it is the front runner. Um, so I would expect it to win something like screenplay or a below the line category. Um, so I'm going to go for the power of the dog. Um, Coda, I really don't want that to win. Like there were so many problems with that script. Yeah, and it's just so basic and generic um that yeah it would be pretty unconscious and conscionable if it if it won yeah but you know bafta voters didn't think so so who can say so i guess we will know i mean if the academy sticks with the same order we're going to know pretty quickly who's uh who's ahead yeah although they usually kind of mix it up don't they each year with the Mm -hmm. order yeah but next was international feature film and i think this one is probably one of the one of the locks in the in the category wouldn't you say it's gonna be drive my car right yeah i think so i mean if any international feature film has a best picture nomination it's pretty much guaranteed to win this um so yeah, that, that's definitely a foregone conclusion. 
Although if I had a vote, I would vote for the hand of God. Um, yeah, that was a good one. I My vote would be drive my car, uh, but hand of God also good. Flea also, of course, very good. Um, I managed to catch up with Lunana, a yak in the classroom the other day. Um, found it with Spanish subtitles, so I was able to watch it. Um, and it's a charming film, but not amazing. I am happy, though, that Bhutan got their first nomination. That's always nice to see. Oh, it's great for Bhutan. It really is. Um, yeah, the film does look kind of cutesy um, without having seen it, but I'm hoping to catch up with that one uh, eventually. So that's nothing for Flea so far uh, that we're predicting, because obviously Flea involved in three categories. Mm-hmm. So next up, uh, supporting actor. Again, is there any debate on this? I don't think so. I mean, um, I think Troy Kotzer has this sewn up. Um, I would have voted for Cody Smith-McPhee um, if yeah. I had a ballot. Uh, and I think it's slightly disappointing how often, you know, even young actors um, who were in the ascendancy in, in particular categories never end up winning. Um, they always sort of revert back to a, you know, a veteran or somebody a bit older, especially in this category. It never tends to be somebody young. And I do think um, Smith McPhee's performance is way ahead of any of the others in this category. Yeah, I agree. Um, though I also have predicted Troy Kutzer based on, yeah, just his, um, the momentum he's got going in and all the predecessors that he's racking up. Um, but my vote would have definitely gone to Cody Smith McPhee. And after that, probably Jesse Plemons. Yeah. Oh, but I think um, Troy Kotz is good in the movie and he's been really killing it with the acceptance speeches. He's been just really charming, really entertaining. Um, so I think um as soon as he started winning things, it, it's been a steamroller from then on in because he just comes across so well. Yeah. What about best makeup then? Oh, this one's always kind of a toss-up for me, especially since I've only seen one of these movies. Uh, unfortunately, that being House of Gucci. <laughs> and so, um, and this was my same position last year, and I just kind of threw a dart um but this time I'm going to predict Dune. Um, I kind of have it for several below-the-line categories, um, simply just based on what I know about it and what people are saying about it. So um, I'm going to predict it does well in these categories. And yeah, makeup and hairstyling, I've got it. I'm going to predict the eyes of Tammy Faye. I, I do think Dune should win this, like based on quality. Um, but the eyes of Tammy Faye... Uh, certainly wins points for most makeup and mm. often with the makeup category that helps and also the fact that it's a physical transformation for Jessica Chastain uh, certainly helped with the Iron Lady and Lavion Rose you know other um, th there has been a link between the best actress and the best makeup category um, several times in the past couple of decades Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. So, uh, costume design. I also have Dune. Um, not sure why, again, just kind of picking it a bit at random. Well, I think like, having seen Dune, the costumes are incredibly impressive, especially some of the colours, just really rich and suit the um, the landscape and the setting of the movie. Um, so I would definitely vote for that, but I'm going to go with Cruella to win this based on the fact that the costumes seem showier overall and um, Jenny Bevan, very well respected in the branch, um, previously won an Oscar, at least one, I think. Um, certainly, I think for Mad Max, she won. Um, but yeah, I think... Um, Cruella has very playful costume design um, but that doesn't seem like a done deal All right. 
Next, we've got Best Director. How do you feel about this one? Who who would you vote for, first of all? Uh, who would I vote for would be um, would be Hamaguchi. Um, I would vote for him. I think that he did an amazing job on Drive My Car um, and just kind of head and shoulders above the rest of the nominees, good as they are. But my prediction is Jane Campion. Yeah, I, I would vote for Campion. Um, and I do think she's the she's going to win this. Um, did you see that whole um, controversy with her comments about the Williams sisters? I heard about them secondhand. Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't like without having seen them or heard them, what she actually said doesn't sound like a great comment. Um, but yeah, just kind of unfortunate wording, I'm hoping. Yeah, I think um, it, it didn't come across very well, obviously, and um, that's a shame. But I think, obviously, it's too late to hurt her in in this sense. Um, and I wouldn't see a, a, an alternative that would seem to be above the rest either. Do you, you know what I mean? There's no... Mm-hmm. There's no um, I mean, I suppose you could argue maybe Kenneth Branagh, but mm, as in terms of direction, this seems to um, have risen to the top. Everybody seems to have voted for Campion. So after director came best sound. And of course, last year was the first year that kind of smushed those sound mixing and sound editing into a single category. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Um... It just seems to be a continuation of ABC's influence over the Academy, trying to get everything shortened, thinking that nobody cares about the technical categories, nobody cares about the the below-the-line stuff. Um, And now that we know how far ABC is willing to go to screw with the Oscars, I think uh, we can kind of see it in the same vein. Um, It's not great. Uh, I wish they had separate categories for this because uh, obviously people in the industry um, I, I have said in the past I don't quite understand the difference between sound mixing and sound editing but people who are actually involved in these fields know the difference so I trust them yeah exactly and also it, it kind of raises the question if you're voting for best sound what aspect of the sound are you voting for yeah so West Side Story nominated a musical along with No Time to Die, which is an action-driven uh, picture. So the sound's certainly very different. Um, so it, it does beg the question, what do people consider sound to be when they're voting for this category? Um, but I think often they, this kind of tends to go to the biggest film and the biggest scope film, which would be Dune. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what I've got. And it certainly would deserve it. Shall we move on to the short films then, which is, they're probably the most fun to predict, the short film categories, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, And unlike last year, I've actually seen them all uh, before we do our predictions episode, or most of them, all but one. So this is better for me, I guess, going in. So we begin with uh, short live action. Yeah, so for all of the short films, I've actually gone for the one that I liked the best to predict, which is risky. But I think of all of these categories, the short films seem to be the most subjective and um, sort of industry bias doesn't seem to affect them, you know, the results so much. Um, So it tends to be a little bit more surprising. So for short film live action, I've gone for my favourite, which was Take and Run. Um, I think that that'll win. I think not only is it the most powerful and well-made of the five, it's got an issue at the centre of it um, that that feels very pressing. And um, it's also, you know, takes us into a country you don't see very often um, in films. Uh, So I, I... think that it stands out enough to win this Mm -hmm. yep i've um i've got it as well and for similar reasons um 
I just think that it's easily the best of the five for me. Um, and yeah, the kind of um, immediacy of the problem um, indicated by the title card at the end, the it manages to um, tell a good deal of story in a, only 38 minutes and do a lot of character development in that time. And uh, I think that it's, yeah, just kind of head and shoulders above the others, um, which were all varying degrees of meh for me. Well, I kind of liked overall, um, I mean, on my mind was not uh, very good. Um, And I think the long goodbye was a little bit underdeveloped for my liking. But the other three, I think, please hold. While um, I understand that, you know, it sort of looks like a lesser version of Black Mirror, it is only 18 minutes long. So I think in terms of for an 18 minute short film, it manages to get in a lot. Um, so I liked that. And I I really liked the dress as well, which sort of I didn't find as um, depressing as some people seem to have taken it. Um, mainly because I don't think the experience of the woman in, in the dress is probably a new one, um, which is kind of sad. But I can't. I liked how it involved us in her perspective, you know, so much. So I, I really appreciated that one, but I think Take and Run certainly the most well-made. Mm-hmm. Great. How about animated short? Well, in this category, I preferred the one that you hit. <laughs> <laughs> it's the literally the only one that I liked was the windshield wiper, um, which is why I've gone for that to win. Just because I think also it has twenty um, first century issues going on that people can relate to in that way, and um, and also it, it. Other than that, this category is just awful. <laughs> <I can't. laughs> and so much animal death. I mean, come on, what's going on? Yeah, you yeah, you were telling me about that. It definitely has a inordinate amount of animal death um across these categories with yeah, I don't understand the fascination. Um but yeah, I, I did not care for the windshield wiper myself. Um so my prediction actually is also my favorite of the five which is uh Bestia or Beast from Chile. Um it fascinated me darkly fascinated me throughout um and made me interested in learning more about this horrible person and the dictatorship that she aided and abetted and the fact that she's not very well known in the english world is is pretty shocking um so if this film won maybe it would help kind of bring more awareness uh of this dark period of uh, that country's history I think it definitely has a chance of winning um, because it's the only one with a political angle. Yeah. But I think I'm seeing a lot of people predicting Robin Robin, which is the Ardman movie, which seemed to like never end. It was just so, you know, vanilla to me. Yeah. Yeah, that one was, yeah. I barely remembered that when I when I finished watching it. Um, and next we've got best short film documentary. Um, what do you think is going to win this? Well, um, I'm also going to go ahead and predict my favorite of the five. Well, I've only seen four of these, um, but my favorite was Audible. And I would love to see that win. Um, I think it's a much better representation of the deaf community and the struggles that they face than CODA. Yes. Uh, so I would love to see that win this category. And the only one of these I haven't seen is When We Were Bullies. Uh, but based on what you and other people have said about it, I doubt it's going to affect the ranking when I do see it. Well, When We Were Bullies, I was kind of into it. I was into the story and I was thinking, you know, we're going to have a catharsis moment. And the catharsis moment never comes. And, you know, to compound that, the guy making the movie who was complicit in the bullying of this this uh, lad, 
it doesn't even try to involve him um, in some kind of resolution for the movie and it almost feels like he's being bullied all over again honestly because everybody else in the class is involved in the film and he's not um so that really really disappointed me and it was quite shocked by the the lack of judgment on behalf of the filmmaker but and mm-hmm. um, i'm also going for audible because i thought it was the best um i think maybe the queen of basketball's got a chance um because of yes. the sentiment and the um sort of the groundbreaking nature of her achievements as well uh, at that time but mm-hmm. what about animated feature um, the one I want to win is Flea, uh, but the one I'm predicting to win is Encanto, just because that's the kind of film that typically wins this category. Um, I haven't seen the other three. This is always my week's category um, when it comes to the Oscars, so maybe I'm just shooting in the dark here, but I'm predicting Encanto. I am also predicting Encanto. Um because of the Lin-Manuel Miranda involvement. Um, Lots of love for the Mitchells versus the Machines, actually. Um, I think it won a ton of Annie's and um, just has a lot of fans. It's won some critics' prizes. I think it won the Critics' Choice. Um, So maybe that has an outside opportunity at winning, but if I had a vote, I would definitely vote for Flea. But I think Encanto's got this... Now for documentary feature, I do have Flea. Oh, you do. I think this is where it's going. Uh, yep, I think this is where it's going to win. I hope so. <laughs> I'm not predicting it, <laughs> but I really hope so because it would be terrible to see it lose all three. Um, but I'm going to go with Summer of Soul, which seems to be winning everything. Won the BAFTA, and it's often it, you know tends to go to the the music um the music documentary so i think the others are all quite heavy and this one might be um a bit more of an entertain like an entertaining win um yeah so i'm going for that but i want flea to win it would be great And next we've got Best Visual Effects. This is a toughie, yeah? Yeah, um, and this is... Well, it's tough for me because I haven't seen any of these. Um, And I'm torn between... I I think I'm going to go with Dune, but part of me also thinks maybe this will be the bone they toss to Spider-Man. But I I think I'm saying Dune in the end. Yeah. I think Spider-Man would be the the logical runner-up, definitely. But I think you know June, just for the the scale of the whole thing, should easily win this. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, we've got Best Supporting Actress. What do you think? Because we've both now seen West Side Story. Mm-hmm. What did you think of West Side Story? Um, kind of the same as I thought of the original. Um, eh. <laughs> I thought, I, I thought that it improved in some ways of the original. Like I liked that it took some of the songs, some of the musical numbers into a kind of grander scale, like, um, of taking America into the streets rather than just being on the roof. I think like it was in the original, um, And yeah, I liked some of the improvements and I didn't like the same things I didn't like about the original. Um, The fact that the two leads are just zeros, uh, Tony in particular, maybe it's the actor, maybe it's the character, I don't know. Um, I don't find Romeo and Juliet an interesting story. Um, To me, it's just two idiots acting like idiots and getting people killed. Yeah. so yeah, not not a fan of West Side Story as a concept. So I, I think I felt as good about this remake or reimagining or whatever they're calling it as I could be expected to be. I think it managed to iron out the clunkiness of the ending a little bit. 
um, of the actual like Romeo and Juliet ending, not the original film, uh, which is just silly and I really hate it. But I think this kind of managed to iron it out. Um, but the fact she'd go off with the guy who killed her brother seems insane to me. Like, is that not an insurmountable obstacle to your relationship? I just... <laughs> yeah, that um, that always rubbed me the wrong way. At least in this one, they had her get angry about it. You know, for a, a couple of minutes. In the original, she doesn't give a single shit. And that definitely rubbed me more the wrong way. At least in this, she calls him a killer once before falling back into his arms and, and, you know, jumping his bones. But, yeah, just so much wrong with this story. But he is a killer, isn't he? Like, it's not, even in the way it's presented in this in this version, it's not self-defense. He does it out of anger. Yeah. Because he's killed his mate. So there is an element of premeditation there. It's not like he just slashed when they were fighting just slashed him and killed him so mm. yep anyway (laughs) (laughs) best supporting actress um i i think this is ariana debose's it's in the bag right i think so and she's really great in the movie you know she's a real bright spot in it um really delivers towards the end uh, when she needs to emotively and she just comes across very well as a person um just very confident and charismatic and nobody else has won anything so i don't know who would even beat her here yeah i i don't think that there's any mystery about this uh, about this category next we've got best pr- production design yep for this one, I've got The Tragedy of Macbeth. Um, I The others are very strong in this category, like Power of the Dog has amazing production design. West Side Story, obviously, it's a lavish musical, so it's going to get nominated. Um, Nightmare Alley, period piece, Dune, sci-fi epic. But the production design of Tragedy of Macbeth is so on point in every scene, that, and it's so well integrated into the overall story and the overall vision that um, I want it to win this category, so I'm predicting it. I, against my better judgment, which tells me that I should predict June, I'm going to predict Nightmare Alley, just because it's got a lot of a lot of sort of old Hollywood style art direction, um, depression era circus. Um, Things like that, which I think might stand out. And I feel like June, I've already got down, uh, June down to win five Oscars. Six seems like a lot, um, especially for a film that's not going to win Best Picture. So I, I've decided to go for a, a risk and predict Nightmare Alley, which would be my vote. But Tragedy Macbeth was great too. Yeah. I, like I said, I wanted to win... An Oscar, maybe not many Oscars, but this one for sure. Um, Best Cinematography next. I would vote for The Tragedy of Macbeth uh, if uh, I had a vote um, for Best Cinematography. But I'm going to go with June, which, to be honest, might not have won 20 years ago. But now I think that um, in the cinematography category, effects-driven films tend to be winning more than um, cinematographic landscapes and things like that, you know, like Brokeback Mountain, etc. So I think, you know, examples of Avatar winning this, Blade Runner winning this, maybe going a bit towards uh, that that direction. So I've gone with June. All right. Definitely can see that happening, but I'm going with The Power of the Dog. Uh, I've got it down for a few below-the-line categories, and this is one of them. Um, I just think it's such a gorgeous film. Every frame of it is so well-composed and so well-shot. I would love to see this one. And it would be Ari Wegner as well, which would be, the, um, I believe, the 
first female cinematography winner ever. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, what do you think about best original score? Best original score. I want it to be The Power of the Dog as well. Um, and without too much knowledge of the other scores, I'm going to predict it. Uh, because, again, I, I just want it to win. I love the score of the movie, and I want. I think it's going to win this one. I liked the score too. I almost wouldn't want the power of the dog to win because poor Johnny Greenwood is just terrible at terrible at public speaking. Um as was evidenced at the <laughs> BAFTAs when he accepted for Paul Thomas Anderson and was so um anxious. But uh <laughs> I think um I would vote for Parallel Mothers. Um I love Alberto Iglesias uh, scores. Um but I'm going to go with Hans Zimmer for June to win this. Okay. Hans Zimmer, never a bad bet. Yeah. Original song. How do you see this one going? Uh, this one, I may as well just throw a dice. Um, I don't know what the Academy looks for in songs. Um, part of me, I, I think I'm just going to, I'm going to predict somehow you do just because I want Diane Warren to finally win. Um, part of me thinks that's probably a stupid bet. Uh, it'll probably be down to joy, but um, or maybe No Time to Die. They like giving it to Bond themes, um, but I'm going to predict somehow you do. Wow. Well, that would be a moment. Um, yep. I'm going to predict No Time to Die, which is my favorite. Um and it's kind of crazy because it came out just before lockdown. So it's been around for like two years, pretty much. So it's not exactly like a fresh new song. Um, but Billie Eilish seems to be really popular. Her documentary made the shortlist this year. Um, so I think plenty of fans in the Academy and she'll come through. Yeah, definitely. All right. Um, best film editing. This could be one where Power of the Dog gets it. Um, no Time to Die won the BAFTA. I kind of see this going to June again. As um, as the epic, the visual epic. I think this this will go to June. Okay, yeah, visual epic would help it. I do have Power of the Dog. Um. I know that the editing nomination is important for Best Picture success, but they don't always win. I think uh, I think it'll win. I think it's very well edited, and um, I think it would be a deserving winner. So I'm predicting it, and I also would want it to win. Okay. Um, so now we move on to Best Actress. Um, is is this a done deal, or is this wide open? How do you see it? It seems pretty wide open i don't know maybe not wide open but i don't think it's a done deal um and honestly it's hard to it's hard for me to predict this one because it seems like i can see any of them winning um certainly nicole kidman getting the um golden no the sag right um golden globe golden globe yeah was huge and um the fact that BAFTA gave nothing away was kind of uh, disappointing, but um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know on this one. It's uh, it's tough to predict this one, I think. So what have you predicted? <laughs> oh, right. Of course, we have to... We ca- we're counting days. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I am going to predict... I'm just going to... Whatever. I'm going to say Penelope Cruz. Um, Yeah, I I think that it would be a great win for her. Uh, The other performances are good to great. But yeah, I think uh, I think she deserves it. I I think the smart money should be Jessica Chastain just because of the sag win. Um, and that's the biggest awards buddy 
that's voted on Best Actress so far, and they voted for her. Um, also, she's not won an Oscar. She's at the right stage of her career. She's mega famous. Um, it's a transformative performance. Um, the only problem would be that the film is really bad um, mm-hmm. and lets her down. But I don't know. I can see a case for Nicole Kidman getting a second Oscar because she is so well-respected and legendary in the industry. Um, mm-hmm. That's the only other person I see winning. But I would vote for Olivia Coleman because I thought she gave the most detailed performance of the five. Um, but it's great to see Kristen Stewart in there. We didn't even talk about that. Um, the reaction to the nominations with Cruz and Stewart getting in which we were completely wrong about. Um, in, in the case of Stuart, you predicted Cruz, um, but we we both rode off Kristen Stewart. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we're just on the Gaga train, I guess. But I'm glad the Academy proved that wrong. You watched House of Gucci for nothing. I know. I feel yeah, dirty. <laughs> uh, next, we got Best Actor. This is a bit of a shame, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so, th- yeah, this is probably Will Smith's to lose, right, at this point? I think if Benedict Cumberbatch can't even win the BAFTA, then he's got no chance at winning this. Yeah. Um, which is a shame because he's really, really great in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's my personal pick of the five but i think i'm gonna predict will smith same and so best picture how much resistance do you think there is to the power of the dog i i don't know what why would there be resistance to it because it's a netflix movie that's part of it also maybe because it's got... Too many people like Sam Elliott in the Academy? Indeed, yeah. Although there's less th- less like that than there was. Um, mm-hmm. But there seems to be a little bit of resistance to it. I mean, you know, the BAFTAs only gave it two, um, albeit the biggest two, mm-hmm. which for a movie that looks as good as it does seems like it's shorthanding it a lot. Um, the film is... Uh, has certain salacious issues going on. Maybe people are not going to respond to that. Um, you know, the more conservative people might not like that. I'm just playing a devil's advocate here because it doesn't seem like this... It feels like this should be a sure thing for the power of the dog and it also doesn't seem like it is. Yeah. Well, I I think it's... I'm still predicting it uh, because I still think it's got the best chance. Um, yeah. And it's, you know, it's obviously it's got the most nominations, but also you just look at the spread of the other nominations to see that the others just kind of don't have the presence in the right categories to be a best picture contender. Um for the most part. I mean, obviously, that's not true of all the other nine, but, I mean, yeah, Licorice Pizza has director, but then it's only screenplay after that. Dune, no director, no acting. Nightmare Alley, no director, no acting, no writing. Um, yeah, so Power of the Dog, I think, is, yeah, I, I think it's really the only, uh, the only one that makes sense, and it's the best movie. Well, the only ones that that have acting, um, picture director and acting, would be West Side Story and Belfast. Would be the other two, um, and they're not going to give it to West Side Story because because <laughs> they already did that. It's not even as good as the original, and they already did that. Um, I think even despite Coda winning the SAG. Um, it does, despite the issues, it does feel light. It does feel flimsy. In terms of prestige, Coda just doesn't cut it. Yep. 
yeah, I'm predicting Power of the Dog 2. Um, and I would vote for it as well. I would personally vote for Drive My Car. But uh, Power of the Dog, very, very, very close second. So I would be, I'm more than happy to predict Power of the Dog. So do you have Power of the Dog winning more than June? Um, let's see. I have Power of the Dog winning five. And I have Dune winning one, two, three, four. I mean, it feels like Dune can win anything from four to seven, honestly. Yeah. Um, if if they really go for it. But, set, I mean, what's the record for most Oscars won without Best Picture? Without winning Best Picture? Uh, it'd be eight, right? Cabaret. Cabaret. Okay. Yep. So it's probably not going to get that, but it might. it might even get six or seven. Yeah, which would, I mean, would be a record for most films without a nomination for Best Director, because I think that's The Bad and the Beautiful, uh, which is also the record for without Best Picture, won five. Uh, so if Dune wins six or seven, that'd be a record in itself. Wow. Okay. Well, we shall see. Um, yep. The Oscars on Sunday. Um so um, we're going to count uh, how many answers uh, we get correct, how many categories we predict correct um, between me, uh, Chris and I. And the loser will have to endure their forfeit category. And um, what's your forfeit category? My forfeit category is Best Cinematography 1968. The nominees were Funny Girl, Ice Station Zebra, Oliver, Star, and the winner was Romeo and Juliet. Um, I have seen three of those and dislike to absolutely despise them. And I've heard nothing but bad things about Star. And I'm hoping Ice Station Zebra will be at least palatable because it's really my only chance of uh, enjoying myself if if this is what we have to do. Is that Rock Hudson? I believe so. Yeah. Rock Hudson, Patrick McGowan, etc., etc. God, that's bad. <laughs> is it Romeo and Juliet? We've already said we, we both don't like Romeo and Juliet. All right, well, I'm... I picked, I kind of cheated and I've picked a category that actually has good things in it, but um, mm. I think the win, it's sort of the situation where you had these five people to pick from and you chose this person <laughs> and it's <laughs> it's like sort of the ultimate worst of that for me, um, worst example of that. So I've picked Best Director 2001, um, the nominees were Ridley Scott in Black Hawk Down, Robert Altman for Gosford Park, Peter Jackson for The Fellowship of the Ring, David Lynch for Mulholland Drive, all of whom lost to Ron Howard for A Beautiful Mind. Yep, that's a, that's a good description of that year. Yeah. Indeed. So, um, so I guess in sometime in April, we'll, um, we'll do either of these categories. Yeah, well, at least with yours, we get to watch good movies, mostly. Yeah. Um, plans for Oscar night? I'm just going to watch the awards as quietly as possible, trying not to wake anybody up, um, just like last year. And I've still got my bourbon uh, ready to go, whether to celebrate or to drown my sorrows. It works either way. Okay, that sounds good. I'll be... Similarly drowning um, in alcohol and popcorn. Um, I usually watch the Oscars with my sister and we we Zoom and I'm sure um, we'll be communicating as well and debriefing on all of the hopefully not atrocities that happen on Oscar night. Um, I just looked at the 2001 ceremony, four hours, 23 minutes. Yeah. They definitely didn't mind long ceremonies back then. Yeah, 42 million people watched that. 
Oh well, it's almost we'll, we'll... almost like there's a message there. <laughs> okay, um, so I guess we'll have to avoid social media as well, otherwise we'll we'll know what's won the eight categories. Yeah, that's the other idiotic thing they're doing: announcing them before we see them. Just oh, so stupid. It's all backwards. I mean, it would be better to even announce them during the break. And then at least add them on. So it wasn't, you know, everybody wasn't aware of the winners, you know, before the first proper awards been announced. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, so uh, we'll be back um, with our next episode on Saturday. Um, and that will be Best Costume Design 1977. The nominees were Julia, A Little Night Music, The Other Side of Midnight, Airport 77, and the winner, Star Wars. Um, hopefully you'll tune into that. Um, see you then. So you feel like you've run out Carrying all that weight Your back's about to break And you're standing at the end of your rope You wanna give up the fight You see no relief inside And it's hard to keep the faith But the darkest night still finds a day When you think it's the end of the road It's just cause you don't know Where the road's leading to When you think that the mountain's too high And the ocean's too wide You'll never get through Somehow